Welcome to your Making It Worse. We're here, we're queer, who cares? I'm Elliot Glazer. And I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. Textual healing. I actually, I would like to start things off, though, um, because obviously last time we spoke about how we were feeling with everything going on with coronavirus. And I know a lot of the listeners were curious, Elliot, are you having as much diarrhea this week as you had the week before? <laughs> they were oh, very curious about your You're diarrhea. Doing... <clears throat> I'm doing much better. Thank you. Oh, good. Good. So you've got plenty of rolls of toilet paper. Yes. People I were... found a dollar store. People mm-hmm. were concerned last week when we came back after our Corona apocalypse week off, um, we, People were like, A, they were really excited that we were back. B, they were surprised we didn't have a guest, which maybe we should address here, that this week we also don't have a guest because we're getting acclimated to this new normal, if you will, this temporarily new normal. The new norm. Um, The new norm. The new huge. In the next few weeks, we'll we'll coordinate guests and all the other stuff. But for right now, all you've got is us. (laughs) Yep. And were you saying that people were, were concerned about my diarrhea? Very. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Your diarrhea was um, very, very much. Well, I have to say people were also very concerned about my cancer. So of course, diarrhea came second to my cancer. Thank you. No, I think his diarrhea should come first. (laughs) No, I I don't actually. (laughs) Yes. Well, thank you, Brent. Thank Um, you for your concern. Yeah, I'm feeling much better. Mm. absolutely yeah we're working on getting some guests for next week we're working on barack obama and michelle obama (laughs) and we're hoping to get tom hanks and Um, i'm hoping for rita wilson i want rita wilson to to rap on next week's episode (laughs) oh that video of rita wilson (laughs) rapping i sent chills down what was she rapping wait she was rapping um i think naughty by nature or was it cypress hill i don't think it was naughty by nature I don't know. I don't care well, about music. Let me ask you, can I, can I ask you guys a question? Cause I, I, we won't delve too deep into coronavirus cause that's what everyone is talking and thinking about right now. So, but I am curious, are you guys having fits of hypochondria in the midst of this? Like, do you have moments when you're like, you feel like a tingle in your ear and you're like, that's it. That's I'm sick. Now I'm sick. I'm sick. I'm sick. You doing yes, that at all? I definitely had that where I'm in Target. I was in Target. I was like, oh, I feel a tickle in my throat. I've been eating cough right. drops just out of like a fear. I thought I had vertigo. I thought maybe that was there was some sort of internal <laughs> bleeding or something. I, I don't Why know. Why are you yeah, going I to Target? Though? Why are you going to Target? <laughs> what were you getting at Target? Uh, dog treats and um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> we were getting a vacuum. We we're getting a vacuum. You can't order that shit online, okay. Elliot. Don't go out. <laughs> we I, listen. I carry so much hand sanitizer with me. You wouldn't believe no, it. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. From now on, if you need to order dog treats or or a vacuum, fucking go to Amazon or Target.com. <clears throat> well, okay, but to be fair, we went to one mm-hmm. pretty far out. Pretty far out there. No, that's not, not fair. <laughs> that's not fair at all because that's where the Trump supporters live, and they don't believe this thing is real. So you have a likelier chance of getting it there. Don't go out. 
<laughs> okay, okay, you got it. Most of them think it's real. Most of them think it's real. Um, but yeah, Alan, are you are you getting that too? Yeah, I am. I mean, the other day we had a I have a temper uh, like a thermometer here, and I never really ever take my temperature, but I was like maybe I should monitor it, and I realized that it was like low on batteries or something. And I was a bit panicky mm-hmm. because like, you know, I, I did my temperature and it said it was 95, which is wrong. And then I did Michael's temperature and it said it was 93, which means he should be dead. And, um, <laughs> right. And, yeah, right. and so I knew they were wrong, which then made me think, oh, fuck, what if I have a hundred degree temperature and he has a totally normal 98 degree temperature? And this is just like a fucked up reading that literally yeah. I had a panic. One. But what yeah. did I do? I did not run to Target, Elliot. I went to Amazon.com and uh, I ordered batteries. Okay, I did that too. I did. I did order that batteries so on Amazon. Funny. Stay home. I'm serious. I will I, uh, shame you to the end of time. Okay, I promise. In the first week, uh, I was taking my temperature pretty regularly, and like it, you can usually tell if you have a fever. It's it's a pretty uncomfortable feeling. Um, but I was like, just out of an abundance of caution, let me do it very consistently. And, you know, I'm normally 98.2, 98.5. There was one day I was at 98.8 and I was not oh, happy no. about it. I remember literally being like, that's a little closer to 99 than I'd like to see right now. And oh, no. I am, I was like very nervous the next day to do it again. Did you? And it was back, to, back down 98.5, 98.5. This is also like the perfect time for internet to like, this is like the perfect era for the internet because the perfect kind of crisis, because I went online because I was like, what the normal temperature is what? 98.7. Right. So I decided to Google that. I'm like, what is officially just want to double check. And there was an article that literally the headline was (laughs) actually (laughs) your normal temperature is not 98.7. It should be 97 something. And I was like, you know what? Shut the fuck up. I <laughs> fuck off. And it was like, it was this whole thing about how like in the, in the Victorian age, like temperatures were a little higher than they are now. <laughs> Actually, you. I had a moment the other day fine. where I was like, I was eating something and I mean, I want to know like people's Google searches during this time because the Google searches are probably the funniest thing out there during this yeah. pandemic. But I was eating something oh, and I noticed yeah. there was like you know, a hair. And I was like, is that my hair? Is that someone else's hair? Oh my God. Can you get Corona from hair? If I eat hair, like what? Like I had a moment where I was like, yeah. Oh fuck. I don't. And I Googled yeah. that. And there was like one article on it that, that wasn't even on it. It was like on stuff around it. Like where can you get Corona from? And it mentioned hair in some way, but you can't necessarily yeah. get it from hair. Yeah. Yeah. You just got to, yeah, uh, you certainly. No, you just. It's just we oh, have sorry, to like, take precaution to also combat like nonsense. Yeah, so don't go to Target. Okay, I won't go to Target. <laughs> That's nonsense. That is nonsense. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> yeah. But, okay. All right. Let's let's get let's get down, to, let's about get down to brass tacks. How, what are we talking uh, about again? The I U.S. Forget. Surgeon General has urged <laughs> Americans to donate amid uh, donate blood, of course, during this pandemic. Um, and on Twitter, Sarah Kate, El- Sarah Kate oh, Ellis right. of Glad uh, retweeted a quote from March 19th about how Surgeon General Jerome Adams is urging Americans to donate blood. Um, Caitlin Collins, who's a, uh, a correspondent for um, the White House on CNN, uh, tweeted that the Surgeon General encourages millennials and Gen Z to donate blood. He encourages people to make appointments ahead of 
ahead of time, give blood today. And Sarah Kate Ellis from GLAAD said, the antiquated ban that still prevents gay and bisexual men and men who have sex with men from donating blood must be immediately lifted. And um, obviously she linked to a, um, a, a, a PS, uh, uh, sorry, a, um, what's the word? I'm having a Whoopi Goldberg moment, a petition to lift the ban <laughs> on gay bisexual men from donating blood, because I don't know if everybody realizes that, but we're not allowed to donate blood. If, if men have had sex with men, I think it's in the last yeah. year. It started. No, it, it started. Well, the, the ban initially started in 1985 right. with the rise of the HIV AIDS epidemic. And they just across the board, you know, anyone who's had sex with a man um, for whatever, like any time in their life up until that point, you'd be giving blood. They can't give blood ever, ever. Now. So, all right. So th- I don't know much about this ban. Um, I have, I remember, I remember during the Obama years, there was a push to get this removed. And I do remember reading a couple, <laughs> um, uh, I'm having a Whoopi Goldberg, Goldberg moment, a couple editorials that were written by, you know, quote, professed liberals that said it, it was still just within, um, uh, it was just for the, for, for the sake, I guess, of public health to, to, to keep this ban. I, I don't know anything about how yes. it works. Like when you yeah. donate blood, is all there any testing? By the way, sure that says that the men who have um, so in, in the past 12 oh, months okay. cannot donate and they, blood. And, yeah. and, um, Ellis from Glad she wrote leading medical experts have highlighted for years that the ban is ineffective and does not rely on science. Yeah, because it's I mean, it's a pointless ban. It, the, it's a it's one of those bans that like is just outdated in that even if it was within the past year or under a year, it, it they still test all of the blood and not just for HIV, for lots of different things. And there are markers that would make a donation irrelevant. And you know what they do with that irrelevant donation that's made? They throw it away. They dispose of it. They don't do outright blocking of someone who may have something in their mm. blood that would make that blood ineffective as a donation. They just get rid of it. And, and there is, it is, it feels very pointed to exclusively focus mm. on men who have sex with men not being able to donate blood because that stops you at the door. That's on the form. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's a question that you are asked. And if you mark that, then you can't give blood. Whereas if you have something in your blood that yeah. I don't know what it would be, but something in your blood that would stop it from being an adequate donation, that's not necessarily on the form. And thus they would find it in the test. Let me ask this question. No. Uh, is it that HIV tests are uh, prohibitively expensive that they, they can conceivably run lots no, of at tests this point, on HIV tests is just blood a standard as for cheap uh, testing for, tests if anything, cancer testing the is no. more expensive, even though it's more common than HIV, um, because they have to look for specific things within blood to find out certain types of cancers. Whereas with HIV, there's a very specific thing they're looking for. So it's actually a cheaper test in many respects than and on other the tests that are more complicated. Glad. The uh, uh, Sarah, but it, on the petition, it mm-hmm. says the Williams Institute uh, estimated that if the ban were to be lifted mm. right now, an additional three hundred sixty thousand men could likely donate, which could potentially help save the lives of more than a million people. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the the petition has right now they're looking for mm-hmm. twenty thousand, and they're at fifteen thousand eighty eight hundred eighty. It's it's I mean it's an absurd ban. It makes no sense. It it. It is so outdated. It's it's one of those things that, oh. you know, 
progress has not met up with history at this point. And there are still, it's like, for example, when marriage equality was passed and yet there were still numerous states across the country that banned, you know, discrimination rights for housing or for, for job or so many different things. And it's like, you could still be fired from your job for being gay, but you could go get married. And it's, it's one of those situations where Mm -hmm. it's outdated. It's just an outdated ban that we still have not, and we have not reached a point in our history where you know progress has caught so up. It's an old to be, and that's why It's so. I mean, honestly, it's, it's, it's so bananas. In France, uh, apparently, last July in France, <laughs> they lowered the deferment period for men who sleep with other men to donate blood. And apparently, in Virginia last yeah. summer, um, a queer man donated yeah. a kidney to protest the FDA's blood donation rules. Um, but you know, and when this when this article was written on uh, new new now next, there were only sixty three signatures, and it's been a few weeks now, so it's really nice to see that they're almost at their goal of twenty thousand. So yeah. sign that signature, sign that petition. Mm. I was also uh, let me just say real quick uh, that God willing, Max Emerson will put this on his Instagram feed, and maybe with a, oh. a picture of his butt, and we'll get over twenty thousand signatures. I actually, at that point. sorry, I Alan. actually think he has. He has not with his butt. No, has he really? Well, but good I, but I believe he has. I think I, I think I saw that. But I, two things I have to say, Brent. Every time you write, you sound like Rachel Maddow. We can hear it so clearly in the. <laughs> you mean Diane yeah. Reed? I sound like Diane Reed. And every time you take a sip too, it's like. <laughs> and oh, then, sorry. On top of that, another sorry, thing guys. that I want to say is uh, <laughs> you mentioned earlier the whole Gen Z and millennial, and uh, there was a mention of that earlier. We got so many comments from last week's uh-huh. episode of us lumping in millennials with Gen Z. Is that it? Yeah, with Gen Z, the generation right after millennials. <laughs> and first off, I have to say to everyone who made a point of pointing out that we we combine those two groups together, they're not that far apart. I mean, we're we're chill all, out. I, I feel yeah, like chill out. I feel like chill we're out. all a part of the millennial. <laughs> we, I mean, I think all yeah, all three of us are part of the millennial generation, and then the Gen Z because of this sort of like constant childhood life that we're living in where people are waiting to get married people are whatever we're all essentially in the same generation mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, yeah, although right. people are obsessed with not being in the gen z generation they want a very clear distinction between gen z and millennials what's really interesting is um this is not about queer stuff at all but um my friend our friend brandy who's uh in her mid-40s was saying that after she graduated from college Everybody, she said, everybody wanted to be like married. She graduated in like the the early aughts, I think. And she was saying that it was like for Gen Z, it was this bizarre race to get married and move to the suburbs in a, in a, a way that was still quote unquote cool, but it was just sort of like a reinvention of like the baby boomers um, era, but in a way that was like younger and hip. Wait, is she? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Gen- sorry. 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 Generation X, not Z. I guess she's Gen Z, and then we're Correct. millennials, and then there's Generation X? Yes. Oh, so she's Generation X. There you go. We're millennials, and then Gen Z. Yeah. You know, it's, but it's, it's true. I mean, I don't know if, if this has been, uh, maybe we should have ended there, but sorry. <laughs> um, I, yeah, it's, it's funny how, like, over the course of my life, in particular, when I was in my twenties, whenever I met someone who had kids in their twenties, I was, I was like, what are you a Baptist? Like, why, like, why would you do that at that age? And, and I still do it, even though now obviously we're in our thirties and like, it actually makes sense for people to have children. And I'm still like, wait, you want kids now? 
Wait a decade. When people about the the director of the Latter Day Jew, she was telling me about how she never realized this, but her daughter, who's thirteen, she's going on spring break like next week or something, and because we're all shelter in place, she has two weeks with a child that she doesn't know what the fuck to do with now that there's not going to be any school or outdoor activities. Like it's just like, and I getting these texts, I'm like, that's what you get for having children. Like you can't share, you can't have a child with the knowledge that like they'll have babysitters, whether it's a school or institution or whatever it is for two weeks at a time. I'm just saying you deserve it. You deserve it. Well, anyway, let me just end this by saying, please go to glad.nationbuilder.com slash blood to sign the petition to get the FDA to lift that ban that is so stupid and old and dumb. And don't have children. And another thing. So we in the past did not talk about Aaron Shocks coming out because guess what? It's not surprising. Um, but <laughs> it also wasn't official. Came out of, it wasn't official, but well, it was, I mean, we could have talked about Aaron Shocks coming out a while ago because he came out a few weeks ago at this point when we were still mm. recording and addressing things. But right. there was no point in even addressing it or doing a segment on it because it's just not surprising at all. But well, wait, 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 Alan. We must say congratulations, Aaron. We are so happy <laughs> for you and welcome to the community. And congratulations <laughs> on finally being your true self and a pioneer to the community. Also, Alan, That's remind Stark everyone who Aaron Shock is, just just in case I, they aren't I, aware. He's the he's the former congressman who got dumped from Congress because he redid his office like Downton Abbey. <laughs> Very conservative. He had a zero percent rating from the Human Rights Campaign yeah. of, uh, when he was in office. Very conservative Republican from and Illinois. Had been. Yes, that's correct. All right, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so he came out, whatever, no big fucking deal. Um, and then there was, of course, a lot of chatter online about his coming out, and people were mm-hmm. not surprised by it. And he never, in his sort of essay that he wrote on his website and, and on Instagram, he never really apologized necessarily. He did say that, you know, his stance from years ago doesn't necessarily reflect him now and he's grown and he's met people and blah. Um, it doesn't necessarily take away his stances from when he was in Congress and the steps that he did actively take to stop LGBTQ plus people right. from gaining right. any rights. Um, and so, uh, the queerty Michael Icox, Icox, I don't know if I'm saying his name right. Um, the writer of the mm-hmm. article, he had a article that said, here's a radical idea. How about we try treating Aaron shock with kindness. Um, and in the very S- radical, very internet. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Very much like I need clicks, please. And it was on Queerty. <laughs> actually. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, it should have started with actually, cause I would have gotten more clicks, I think. <laughs> but Michael wrote, yeah. um, I do not propose loving him because he is pretty. I suggest loving him because in many ways he is not so different than you and me. Our community has enough hatred, um, is something that Michael wrote. Uh, and plenty of people, he went on to say, plenty of people live in the closet. Oh, I'm sorry, this was a different writer. Um, but he basically was saying yeah. that, like, we as a community need to embrace anybody who comes out and perhaps treat shock with kindness, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and many writers sort of replied to his essay saying lots of different things. Yeah. Um, one of them wrote, plenty of people live in the closet like shock without deliberately harming other LGBTQ people as shock set out to do and living merrily high as shock did another writer wrote from an article in the guardian while shock half apologizes for being against marriage equality. He conveniently ignores the rest of his hugely homophobic 
record. That was from Arwa Mawadwi. I'm sorry, I fucked that name up. <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch. Well, so, all right, so, I, but I was, all right, so I was going to say that, like, I, you know, I obviously was joking with the author earlier. I think it's a perfectly valid point to make. And it kind of strikes this balance between, like, you know, mob mentality that I am constantly railing against uh, on this podcast, but also at times a tepid participant, tepid or eager participant of myself. And and also just being fair. And And I guess at the end of the day, you know, I there are lots of people who have said and done bad things that I, for some reason in my heart, feel it's okay to forgive them. Um, but I guess in my mind, there's something about Aaron Schock that I have particular contempt for just because he was an elected official. He wasn't just saying bad things. He was casting votes. And so, you know, I would understand why some people you know, would want to treat him like everyone else, which is to, to forgive him for his, his past mistakes, inconsistencies, um, hypocrisies. But I guess I, you know, Aaron shock obviously doesn't need my approval to live. And I, I choose not to give it to him, but that's only because he's an elected official who I think had, you know, was in a different echelon when it came to his level of homophobia. Go ahead. Sorry, Elliot. And, and he, and he had power. He, like you, when you say casting votes, it's like beyond casting votes. That means he had actual power to ostensibly change people's lives, to affect their lives on a basic level. And he not only, <laughs> he not only voted against, you know, the rights of gay people everywhere or in his, obviously where he, he practiced, but but in, to a larger point, the thing that always drove me fucking crazy was that he did so, and then I feel like he taunted the community by going to Coachella and posing with all gay guys and being caught, like, putting money down a, a go-go boy's jockstrap and, you know, doing all of these things that are sort of in line with instigays, not, you know, not with elected officials or ousted elected officials. And so for him to then come out, finally come out, and then only half apologize for what he's done in the past, including that sort of taunting. I just, I, I, I mean, he, he's got to be one of the he's a terrible person. Well, well, Elliot wants an apology for giving him a semi, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I do think, I don't think he's taunting. I don't think that I, I, I mean, I get what you're saying, but him going to Coachella, what, five, six years after he's been in Congress and being photographed no, with a bunch know, of gay dudes. It wasn't some strategic move on his part. He literally is a he's a he's a private citizen who has no power right now. And he's literally his only power is being an instigay at this point. And so, <laughs> sure, go to Coachella, get photographed with your hands down someone's man's pants or like giving a tip to a go-go boy, whatever. Live your life. I have nothing against any of that. And I don't think he's taunting. I do. I do think in Congress, he used sort of the rumor mill as a means of getting attention. And that is the underlying, I think, root of why he's a horrible person is that his whole motive was about self-benefit and attention. And even when he was in Congress, every vote that he made, every magazine fucking cover that he posts on shirtless, every top 10 bachelors of Congress list that he probably really pushed to be on while he was in Congress, he was all about attention. And while I believe that we should, yes, support anyone who wants to come out of the closet and live in their truth, that is an awesome thing. I also think yeah. that you yeah. can forgive and hold people accountable. And 
he has not been held accountable for the things that he's said and done and the votes that he's made. And he, the only way he could really actively be held accountable is if he goes to the LGBT center here in Los Angeles and actively participates and does things with LGBT youth, with trans, with trans victims of violence, with there's so many different areas that you could get involved to actively redeem yourself as a member of this community. If you want to be a member of this community and he's not doing that, instead he's on some fucking vacation somewhere, taking his shirt off and putting it on Instagram or better yet. He could become a part of, he could be a, uh, a central figure in a Republican outreach program for gay rights, um, which I think would probably make, make some sense. You know, he, he could lead the log cabin Republicans, but he would never do that because it's not cool. enough. The argument too, that he, that he deserves like, you know, patience and, and, and warmth and, and understanding. I, I, I agree with the idea too. Like Alan, I agree with the idea that yes, him coming out and being his true self is definitely worth being celebrated. But it doesn't, it does remind me of when Trump got into office and people were like, give him a chance. Let us do his job. Let him prove that, you know, that he can be good at what he does. And, you know, I wanted, I, I couldn't really bite my tongue then. But with Aaron Schock, it's like, let him, like, give him, give him, uh, 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 you know, give him the, um, a, a leash, you know, to, to kind of prove himself. It's like, he's already proven himself when he was in office. He proved himself already. I don't have, that much patience to, to, you know, agree, you know, meet him with my arms wide open waiting for a hug. I, I, I just, I don't have that in me. He proved himself in his coming out letter where he mm. didn't actively apologize for anything. He didn't address his stance. I mean, he sort of half did it, but he didn't actively address the, the harm that he actively created before or while he was in Congress. I mean, you know, I, I was going to say this. I think it's important to note because I do think these individual figures can be symbolic and really important when it comes to uh, a title shift in, say, the Republican Party's stance on gay rights. And I think a great example of that is the first Republican, Alan, you might remember this, maybe you too, Elliot, the first Senate Republican to support uh well, the first mainstream Senate Republican to support gay marriage was Rob Portman mm-hmm. from Ohio. Because of his son. He had a gay son. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think that's, I, 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 com- I continue to commend Rob Portman. Not that Rob cares what I say, but I continue to commend him on taking that stance. He was the first Republican to do so. And subsequently, there were several other Republicans who I believe came out in support of gay marriage. Um, and so I do think, you know, being a person, a public figure and a politician and coming out is an important thing when you're in office. But I think when you're out of office after, by the way, you had to resign because of uh, scandal an ethics violence scandal. It's, it's so much more embarrassing. And, uh, you know, he's just, I think, I don't, I don't, I don't think very highly, highly of the guy, but I just think he's doing it to maybe clear his conscience. But well, <clears throat> There was like a, a couple months ago now, there's this um, drag queen here in LA, Johnny Reinhardt, and he hosts this sh- at this bar in West Hollywood. And Aaron Schock showed up at the bar and uh, Johnny called it out from the stage and then went up and talked to Aaron. And, you know, in he, I mean, he posted it on Instagram, but his conversation saying that Aaron said that he's been the victim of bullying and he's been, you know, we're so, we're so quick to sort of um, like the gay community is so quick to sort of, attack. And I, I do think we are gay. 
gay men are very much able to be bullies. I will mm-hmm. give him that. Yes, that is a very true statement. Uh, and I do think that he's at fault for not addressing it in the way that he probably should have addressed his past wrongdoing, but also some gay people can be really, really harsh. Mm-hmm. I'll admit it. Like it's, we, we like, there's a mob mentality. Like you said, Brent, there is definitely a mob mentality when it comes to things like this. And I don't necessarily think he had a, he was trying to make a point there or he was like trying to be the victim. But I do think that he has this sort of really thwarted idea of, he has a really heightened sense of self. And so because of that, he feels that he should be welcomed with open arms by the community because he's such a valued or he could be such a valued member of the community and the community just won't go there. And it's like, dude, don't you get it? We won't go there because you did really bad shit. Mm-hmm. Like you were, you were an asshole and you haven't owned up to it. Own up to it. And maybe we'll get, if you there. were in a bar with Aaron shock, so you're sitting at two tables over, would you say something to him? And what yes, would you I would. Say? Yes. Yes, I would. Yes, yes I would. Yes, I would. I would, <laughs> I would completely. Yes. yes, I absolutely would. 100% would. Yes, without mm-hmm. a doubt. I mean, only because I wouldn't make a scene, Yeah. but I would go up to him and I would, I would very clearly say, listen, I respect that you've come out of the closet and I respect anyone that serves in Congress, surely, because sure. that is, I mean, you, you're there to do great work. But that said, you did a hell of a lot of harm to a lot of people who, mm-hmm. where you could have actually been an advocate and really, really led for change in this country at a time when we really needed it during the whole fight for marriage equality and during the Bush years. And there were times that he could have really stepped up and done something and really been a symbol. And sure, I get everyone has their process, but like, dude, yeah. You fucked a lot of people over. I have a feeling this is what Elliot would do. Elliot would walk up to Aaron. He would pour his pina colada over Aaron's head. And he would say, that's for giving me a semi. That's what he would do. <laughs> Wait, no. no. Elliot, Elliot loves guys. Listeners, we have to kind of make fun of Elliot for this. Um, he loves sweet. He can't. Alcohol no. is not his thing. Mm-hmm. And he loves super, super sweet <laughs> drinks. And candy, there was one candy drink drinks. for years. Where Elliot would go into dive bars that Brent and I would go yep. get like vodka sodas or whatever, like cheap, yep, really cheap chokes, liquors. Yep. And, and Elliot would go up to the, or he would say, Oh, let's, we're going to, can I get you a drink? He would be like, Yeah, sweet tea vodka. Always or sweet, sweet tea, tea vodka. vodka. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sweet tea vodka. And it's like, Elliot, this place doesn't have sweet tea vodka. Yeah. It's like a biker bar, Elliot, in the East Village. It's like, it doesn't have sweet tea vodka. Well, in my own defense, there was a moment when sweet tea vodka became a thing. And I remember the New York Times wrote about it. And no. I was like looking for it everywhere. Oh, that didn't make it to the by the way. It's really good. It is good. No, it is. It is good. But that didn't make it to like boiler room in New York. Right. You're right. You're right. It's at Jim Bar in WeHo. It's at Jim Bar. That's true. Exactly. That's true. Jim Bar in WeHo. I will say that I would probably say to him, you know, I would say to him, you're a disappointment to the community. And the things that you have done in the past are so awful that I can't imagine anybody allowing you to apologize for it, which you haven't done. You haven't even done that. So I don't know how you can expect to be welcomed with open arms into a community that you've fucked over over and over again, and that you've barely taken responsibility for. You don't even have conversations. He hasn't, he doesn't have conversations. He didn't even leave comments on, on the post that he posted on his Instagram. And that to me says it all. He wants it to be heard one way and then expects full you know, welcoming from a community that he won't even have a conversation with. But then you would leave the bar and you would get on Grinder to no, see. I, don't. He is <laughs> not, I mean, honestly, he's the most like, but no. 
Oh, come on. If you were in a if you were in a three-way situation and Aaron Shock accidentally walked in and you didn't see his face, but then you gave him a handy, you wouldn't be like you wouldn't be upset after. I'm just in all honesty, he's so he's so he's so like he's the he's a very like basic heinous, yeah. Gay. No, no, I just he's just a very basic weho gay to me that I'm like, "Oh, I don't have it's 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 a million things. It's like that's not my type. I don't have access to that." Like it's it's just all yeah. a bunch of different things, but in all honesty, he's such an awful person that I yeah I, I don't even know. I would just yeah. see red, and not yeah, <laughs> not in an erotic way. Well, let me let me close this conversation with one final thought. <laughs> Coming up on Matto. What would your aunt say? Brand, what would your aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's podcast? Everyone talks about how good looking Aaron Shock is. He's not as good looking as your Uncle Hamilton. Uh, my aunt Anne would say, hold on a second. You're telling me that this Aaron Shock got fired for dressing his office up like Downton Abbey? And I'd say, yes, pretty much. Google it. Google it, Aunt Joanne. <laughs> What about you, uh, Alan? What would Aunt, uh, Aunt Anne say? <laughs> I distinctly heard you say Aunt Anne before, and I was like, wait, your aunt's named Aunt Anne, too? Mm-hmm. Um, my mm-hmm. Aunt Anne would say, now, what's a handy? <laughs> a handy? I mean, is it like a repairman? What? I don't... What is a handy? <laughs> Oh, Aunt Anne always has better lines than Ramona. <laughs> Thank you for listening. I'm Elliot Glazer. I am Elliot Glazer. And I am Elliot Glazer. <laughs> <laughs>